We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. The Knicks lose to the Chicago Bulls. 110 to 102. The Chicago Bulls were the, the fifth best three point shooting team in the league. The Knicks were coming off a back to back with the Clippers. We started off pretty slow. It seemed like the defense really didn't pick up until the fourth quarter. We're in the doldrums. RJ Barrett fouled out quickly along with Mitchell Robinson. Um, and it seemed like the Knicks just really didn't get it together on the defensive end. You know what I'm saying? The transition defense was bad. Closing out on threes were bad. Um, the spirit was bad. It seems like we had tire legs out there. But it seemed like in the fourth quarter we tried to get it together. Um, we actually started to, to, to put up some fight. And we actually took the – we tied the game for a brief second in the fourth quarter with about three minutes to go. Thanks to Emmanuel Quickly and Julius Randle. But we made some critical mistakes in the fourth quarter that ultimately cost us the game. Uh, Ash, let me know what your thoughts are on this game. Yeah, it was it was messy. It was vintage New York Knicks and not in a good way. It reminds <laughs> me of the years and the seasons where games were close and right in our grasp and everything that could go wrong, we did wrong. And, I mean, against a team like the Bulls, who really only have one guy, Zach Levine, is really the only guy they can consistently rely on, I would say. And it shouldn't have been as difficult as we made it. And I just think that this is typical New York Knicks. I think there's a lot of things. One, we abandoned the defense. The defense looked like two keys. Some say some parts were solid, and there were a lot of holes in the rest of it. I think we don't know who our closer is. Mm-hmm. I think we keep going back and forth on who that person's going to be. I think we can't play anybody one-on-one, at least not in this game. I think we weren't good at kicking the ball out and keeping the possession alive and trying those second, third shot opportunities. And on top of that, they were killing us on the boards. We weren't getting any um, rebounds. So it's hard to go ahead and prevent the other team from scoring when they're out there getting their own rebounds consistently. It was just a lot of different things going on, and it was it was messy. It was a disaster. <laughs> 
Yeah, especially for me, what stood out for me was the three-point shooting as well. We, we only shot 20% from the three-point line today. And and listen, this is a, a make-or-miss league, right? If you don't make your shots, you lose these type of games. The, 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 the Bulls, the Bulls, they hit threes, and marketing came in, and he handed it to us. He definitely handed it to us. Um, I feel like the Knicks dropped the ball on the three-point defense in particular. Julius Randle, who I think, he, he's been playing pretty good defense on the year, but I felt like today he was a little bit lackadaisical on that side of the ball, not closing out. Um, RJ Bet I saw, got beat back door a few times. I felt like, you know, we missed the ball. And we had the game. We were right in grass to yeah. take this lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, we just that's, couldn't get over the hump, man. Yeah, and, that's the frustrating part, though, because it was like back and forth, back and forth. And then midway through the fourth, it looked like we were able to kind of figure it out. I mean, I'm going to say even towards the end of the fourth, the last three minutes, like, uh, my anxiety was through the roof because it was like it was right there. Right. And it's just like it was, you know, almost only counts in horseshoes, and this was horseshoes. Yeah. It just didn't, it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Corey, I want what do you think of this game, man? I, I know you probably in, in, enjoyed this game. Shout out to, to, to Corey Taluba. Uh Born New Yorker, he's a Chicago fan, so he's going to give us some insight on the Chicago and these Bulls. But what did you think of this game for? Uh, you know, I knew that, that this game was going to be uh, the Bulls kind of to win after the first quarter because the Bulls play at the second fastest pace in the league. The Knicks play the slowest pace. And if, after the first quarter, you knew the Bulls were getting out in transition. You know, they were hitting the boards, they were getting rebounds, and they were kind of dictating uh, the pace of play. So I felt really comfortable as a Bulls fan. Uh, with how the game was was going from almost a jump. Um, And, you know, I think it's going to be interesting, you know, on this little uh, back-to-back to to see if the Knicks can adjust. But, um, you know, I I think that these are two teams that are in a similar spot. You know, they they both have one guy who is kind of playing above expectations um, on a good contract, kind of a, a young veteran who had somebody behind them. In uh, you know in the Knicks case, Obi uh, with Julius, and in the Bulls case, Kobe with with Zach Levine, and and they're both kind of stepping up and balling out, and it was it was just gonna kind of be a game of uh, you know who who took the Bulls by the horns, and you know I, I do have to say I thought Julius was came out aggressive, and, and I think the Knicks did a really good job slowing Zach Levine, but unfortunately, Laurie Markkinen was you know really doing whatever he wanted, and and you mentioned Julius's defense, and you know Laurie's a really tough cover I think for the Knicks um you know if you put Mitch on him you're taking away your rim protect uh rim protection and with Julius you know Laurie especially when he's got it going when he's aggressive when he's hitting shots you know you you mentioned him closing out if he doesn't close out hard enough he's you know giving up an open three and when he closes out too hard Laurie can put it on the floor so you know it's just one of those games he's been playing really well he's playing confidently and you know it's it's one of those games that could have gone either way the Knicks they they made their little run, but at the end of the day, I think the Bulls, you know, they just dictated the pace, and and I think uh, you know, they're a team that they got to play slow, they got to grind it out, you know, they don't have like all of those consistent shooters um, when the game gets tight. Like IQ, definitely, right. you know, he he came out, he made some big shots, but uh, you know, Reggie Bullock, you know, Alec Burks, like these are guys that you're not always counting on. Um, 
in the fourth quarter, and that's why they kind of bounce around the league a little bit. So well, I don't mean I don't know if necessarily the Bulls played outstanding though. I don't think it was anything special that they did. I think this game is more of the things that the Knicks didn't do, and that's why I'm saying it's vintage Knicks because. We have been in games, and this is also the situation, not just with this Bulls game, there have been other games this entire season that I feel like we're in and we get in our own way. So I'm not even going to credit the Bulls because I don't think they did anything spectacular. I don't think they did anything, you know, out of the ordinary. I think this this Bulls team at the meat of it is a very ordinary team. So I don't know if it's them per se we just got in our own way everything that we could do incorrectly we did so it's I'm not going to give credit to Chicago I'm, I just think this was a classic example of the Knicks doing what vintage Knicks have always done and shooting themselves in the foot time after time possession after possession quarter after quarter that's what this game came down to but I mean also I think I know everyone's going to hate me for saying this because you guys hated me when I said it last time, but I'm going to go ahead and say it again. Let's talk about Tibbs. Let's just, let's, let's, let's the elephant in the room. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's just talk about it. Let's talk about the coaching. Let's talk about the rotations or there we are, or therefore the lack thereof. I don't know how many different ways to say this. I don't know how many different ways to get this across. Tibbs' rotations and his stubbornness in making his rotations work is driving me crazy. It doesn't work. Figure out plan B because plan A is not working for you. I don't know what else he needs to see to see that his rotations are not the answer. Do you need to consult your other coaches that are on the bench? Do you need to go ahead and watch different seasons from different teams? I mean, I don't know what it is, but your rotations are killing us. It's it's just adding to the pile of crap that we already have to deal with. If you look at this game, there were so many different aspects of the game that were going ahead and, and just shooting us in the foot. And then you add his rotations or the lack thereof, the proper rotations into the mix. It's just absolutely ridiculous, and it blows my mind how everybody can see it except for the man who's in charge of wheeling and dealing it. Like, figure it out. Like, what else are you waiting for? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't get it. Do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> you, you're a Chicago fan, so yeah. you've seen his rotations uphand. So, so close in person for three years. So here's what I'll say about Tibbs and his rotations. Uh, During Derrick Rose's Rookie of the Year, uh, or MVP campaign, rather, Tibbs stubbornly played Keith Bogans. He started Keith Bogans all 82 games next to Derrick Rose. Keith Bogans averaged four points a game during that season. You know, as a Bulls fan, we were were clamoring for Kyle Korver to start, even Ronnie Brewer, just anybody else besides Keith Bogans. But Keith, you know, uh, Tibbs wanted to start Keith Bogans. The Bulls won 62 games. The fans were, you know, a little bit upset about his rotations here and there. But the guy knew what he was doing. And in that scenario, you know, it, it worked. Is, is this a scenario in which it's going to work? I don't know. Um, Tibbs is in a weird spot. You know, if he starts playing all of his guys 40 minutes a game, the, the media, the fans are going to be like, he's riding guys too hard. You know, why aren't we going down the bench? If he, you know, if he spreads the love a little bit, trying to find something that works. Um, Here's the thing, Ashley. Here's what I have to say about the um, the rotations. I do feel like Tom Thibodeau actually is starting to make the move because if you look at the minute distribution today in this game, um, 
Don't look now. But Emmanuel quickly hit the 30-minute mark in today's game. So the, the guy is not slow. And the best part of today's game that I noticed was Emmanuel quickly was not only just getting minutes, but he was getting minutes with the starters. You know what I mean? And, and, and those are the minutes that I, I really want to see Listen, I'm not blaming Tibbs completely. I think anybody who watched this game can't put all this blame on Tibbs. That would be just irrational. But I just think that I understand his stubbornness, kind of his rec- his, his reputation rather precedes him. I get it. But there comes a point, especially in New York, with what you're trying to build and what you're trying to facilitate here, that you got to put that aside. you got to move on. I mean, I get it. I get that's who he is, but I don't care. Like, in, with all due respect, respectfully, I don't give a damn. Like, you're <laughs> in New York, okay? We're a team that is rebuilding. We're a team that's trying to figure it out. We're a team that you signed up for. You knew what it was when you signed up. Let's make it very clear. It's not like this team changed when you got here. You knew what it was when you signed up. Right. So, therefore, you need to go ahead and facilitate and deal with this team the way that – it needs to be dealt with. And what you're doing, your stubbornness, is not helping us. It's hurting us in more ways than one. So I don't know who he needs to, like, kind of light a fire on him and say, look, you got to get over it. You got to snap out of this. We're not, we're not doing this. But it has to happen. Like, it has to happen quicker rather than later. Like, I'm tired of having the same conversation. It's just over. I'm all for Frank being in the lineup. I've never had an issue with him being there. I think for me it's been more about – either use them or lose them. Like, it, you can't play two ends to the middle. There's a saying you can't play smart and stupid at the same time. Like, it's one or the other. So I just feel like if you're going to put him in the rotation, put him in the rotation, otherwise get rid of him. I think I don't understand why Peyton gets so many chances to screw up and to harm this team either one hand or the other, one side of the ball or the other. But Frank, somebody who defensively I think is stronger, doesn't get any time to play. I don't, I don't understand Tim's logic, I, uh, Tim's logic. I just don't get it. I don't understand what the logic is. I don't understand, you know, why he's choosing to give more minutes to certain people. I don't understand why he's choosing the rotations that he's doing. There doesn't seem to be any logic behind it except pride. Yeah. That's the thing. And pride's not a reason to screw your team over. So that's the issue that I'm having. I understand when you first get there, you're trying to do things your way. You're trying to infiltrate your system, your ideologies, you know, all sorts of things into the system, into the culture that's already existing. You're trying to change it. You're trying to go ahead and put your stamp on it. But we're 20-plus games in now. You see it's not working. What's your plan B? And I don't think he has a plan B. That's, yeah. I think that's what it is. I don't think he has a plan B. I just don't. I don't think it is. Yeah, well, how do the Blues fans deal with this this one? <laughs> I mean, when Tibbs was in Chicago, it was a little bit easier to deal with because they were winning a ton of games. You know, like, he came in, Derrick Rose won an MVP, everything was great. Then Derrick Rose got hurt, and, you know, Bulls fans were like, all right, I guess the season's going to be a wash, and he still found ways to win games. I mean, we had, you know, Nate Robinson and John Lucas the third you know, coming in next man up style and, and leading us, um, you know, to playoff victories, playoff series wins and whatnot. So it was easy as a Bulls fan to deal with it. I don't know if I can say as a, a Wolves fan if it would have been as easy to deal with it. But at the same time, you know, like 
he's won everywhere he's been. You know, you, you could say that his success in Minnesota um, – or you could say it was a failure in Minnesota, but he took a team to the playoffs for the first time since Kevin Garnett, and they haven't been back since. You know, to me, I think you got to give him time. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, I'm a little shocked that Frank isn't in the rotation because yeah. theoretically he is a Tibbs kind of guy, theoretically. So there's got to be something going on, you know, in practice. Um, you know, who knows? Things maybe that we don't, you know, we're not privy to. Because theoretically he is. It's not a shock to me at all that Kevin Knox is not in the rotation. You know, uh, for all the the high risk, high reward stuff that Knox offers, um, you know, if he's out there struggling, just learning the game, you know, from a guy like Tibbs who's going to come in, he's going to try to win every game. And and yeah, you could say we need to develop players, but the guys mm-hmm. who who it, it looks like he's developing guys, like yo, whatever Julius Randle is right now, is not what he was last year. Right? Yeah. And, and and from a player perspective, from a value perspective, you know, whether he's a long term piece or not. You could say that, you know, maybe Tibbs had something to do with it. And, and you know, you got to give credit to the player as well. Um, IQ is, is balling out, and, and he's earned his minutes. And like you say, he played 30 minutes tonight, closing the game. You know, that's that's something to be positive about. R.J. Barrett looks good, you know, if not inconsistent at times, but he looks like he's, you know, developing. To develop every single player on a team that, you know, just last year, you know, you know kudos to Mike Miller for the job he did, but – if you put it in comparison, I think Knicks fans as a whole are going to be, you know, a little bit happier with, with Tibbs than, you know, the Fisdales and Mike yeah. Miller, the, you know, the change in the guards. Now you got somebody, look, development's going to take not just this year. The Knicks aren't winning a championship this year. The fact that they're even in the playoff hunt, I think is something that most of uh, Knicks fans are surprised about, most of the media is surprised about, like just the fact that they're in the hunt. Listen, so. obviously when you are in a position where um, – you're not there's not much expectation for you obviously there's room for error I get that we're nobody's arguing that nobody's debating that I just think that you want to see shot you want to see signs of promise from your coach you want to see signs of of foundation from your coach and I think right now what the issue is is that Knicks fans are worried about what we're seeing and not seeing from Tibbs and that is why we're even having this conversation because there's there's problematic issues that if you don't address them, you worry about the fact that maybe they'll go ahead and continue and continue at the wrong time. It's easier to nip something in the bud when it's early than to do it later on. And I just would like to see him make the adjustments while he still is in the learning phase of making the adjustments. That's That's just how I feel. Yeah, I agree with you too because, you know, when Tom Fiddle, before Tom Fiddle got this job, he, he talked about how he he studied, right? He studied. He, he, he yeah. took his time off to study how other people did things, and he, he felt like he was going to change the way he coached. And at this time, I'm not sure if he's exactly done that. I think he might have tweaked it a little bit. You know, when he, when Tim's on his I-80s and, you know, he wasn't coaching for a while, he said that he, he went – and he studied other teams and studied how to do things. And I do feel like he did take some steps forward in his coaching and adjusting, um, you know, how to play certain type of defenses and, you know, just relating to the players more a little bit. But there's still some things he has to work on. I still do feel like he's a little bit stubborn in his, his minutes distribution. Uh, it's still baffling that Knox hasn't even been in rotation in the last two games after he's been playing well. Because this, this kid, Knox, he – He's very, I don't know, like, I, I feel like he's a little bit fragile in the mind sometimes. And I feel like me talking about who benching can hurt 
you think about Knox, you know, because he's a guy who he felt like he really left his confidence, lost his confidence last season. So I'm, I'm, it's I do like the the pros, right? Julius Randle is better, Mitchell Robinson is better, R.J. Badd has turned the corner. All around, this is still the best coach that we've had in years because we are simply winning. But it's going to be you know a balancing act, trying to balance winning and developing these guys and. It seems like, you know, DSJ, he said, screw it. Put me in the G League. I'm out. Like, <laughs> he's like, I'm not dealing with this no more. And kudos to DSJ for, for recognizing that, you know, a man really is the man. I need to get my reps out. I have to take control of my career. And it sucks, but, you know, some of these other guys might have to do the same thing and kind of take control of their own destiny. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, before we go any further, shout out to Chuck D in the chat, always rocking with us, even uh, through all of our technical difficulties. Yeah, man. With the $100 super chat, holding it down for Knicks fan TV. Listen, you know, JLS is on the ones and twos yeah, tonight. Yeah, is on the ones and twos tonight. <laughs> and he's a little rusty. Yeah, I'm a little, it's been a year since I've done this, so sorry, guys, but I'm I'm getting back on this bike and going to pedal this thing all the way. All right, so shout out to, to Chuck D, the Ron Animal. And shout out to everybody in the chat, man. Hashtag new for anybody's in the chat and is new. Let me just shout you guys out for a second, take a deep breather, just to recognize everybody's rocking the chat. And thank you guys for being patient while I figure out how to do this audio thing on the fly live. Okay, all right? It's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. We're rebuilding too, right? And also, shout out to Stevens B. He said with the $9.99 super chat, $10 super chat, he says, all I'm going to say is the Knicks have no business being 9-13, and 13, but here we are competing every night. Be patient. I see promise. He's building the foundation, changing the culture. Give me, give it more time. Exactly, exactly. And shout out, shout out to everybody who's the all seventy two game because the Knicks have lost five of the last six, but that could be anywhere in the world. But y'all here with us, rocking with us on Knicks fan TV, all right? You know who lost six of their last six? The Dallas Mavericks. Hey, <laughs> that is the yes. right spot. Listen, when all when when all fails, just remember we could be the Dallas Mavericks, and we're not. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that is the silver lining in every situation. We could be the Mavs, and we are not. So exactly. there we go. Like, now, it would be worse. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you know what? This is a perfect time for Corey to be here, right? Because Corey is, is, a, is a Bulls fan. And Corey, I don't know if you know this, but um, Ash, she's representing the Knicks of our she, – she's the head – of our negotiating staff. She's head biking in charge, right? So when when the trades go trade. down, yes, when the <laughs> trades go down and we're trying to figure out who we're swapping and who we're trading, we're sending Ash on the front line. So here's, here's our question, right? Okay. We all know that Zach Levine, he, he's been in, in rumors recently. The Knicks and other teams are monitoring the, the Zach Levine situation, right? Um, so we, we, we Knicks fans, we throw our own trade scenarios out here. Ooh, we'll give out, you know, usually some, some, a second round pick for Zach Levine. We usually say something <laughs> crazy like that, right? <laughs> My question to you as a Bulls fan is, as a fan, who are you willing to trade for Zach Levine? And... <laughs> Let's talk Does business. that include a combination Come on. of Frank Knox, a second rounder, and maybe two more second rounders? So three no, second Mike, rounders. I, 
I actually changed my, changed my, adjusted my trade offering a little okay, bit. Okay. I said I'll I'll give Kevin Knox, okay, Frank. Mm-hmm. I said Austin Rivers. Austin I'll Rivers. D- that's a good. That's a good I'll value throw, deal. <laughs> I'll throw I'll throw DSJ in there, and a first round pick for Zach Levine. <laughs> first round pick, twenty twenty three. What do you? Come on, really sweet the deal. Good deal. Um. Look, we're gonna have to get like the fantasy, you know, commission to to veto veto this to even going through the the pipeline. I don't think I don't think the Knicks and the Bulls are good trade partners. You know, I I mentioned it before. I don't know if my mic was working earlier in the uh, in the stream, but I think that Zach Levine is definitely not like off the table for teams. Just like I think Julius Randle is not off the table for teams. Mm-hmm. But I think that with the play of a guy like Zach Levine, like Julius Randle, the price has gone up because they're right. balling out. Zach Levine's at like 28 points a game, basically 50, 40, 90. You know, he is straight up right. hooping right now. Um, and I think that just like the Knicks, the Bulls have a new front office, uh, it, you know, a new coach. It's just, it's a very similar situation, and I think that with Zach Levine's play, he's on a $19 million a year contract this year and next year, so value deal for the production that he gives you. I think that the Bulls are going to look at this. The front office is going to look at it and say, why are we not trying to put pieces around him to build? Why are we going to go backwards again? And I think right. the Knicks are going to be in the same spot, right? Like Julius Randle, it's Z- Julius and Zach, it's like what – are we going to do? Are they a part of the future? How much are right. we going to want to pay them to now? Are they going to be able to do this consistently? Is this who they are? Um, that's that's more so the question, and I think to do that, both teams are going to want to put better players around. So I don't think that either team, with those guys who I think are very similar mm-hmm. um, and the impact they're having for their franchises, I don't think they're going to be on the move. You know, this is not a Marcus Morris situation where you're just like, yo, let's get a, a late-round pick. Uh, let's get the value while we can. Because I think both guys um, are proving that they're still young, still growing, still getting better. And, you know, I think both teams are just going to say, let's see what we have. I, I mean, especially now that with but Zach. That, like, but, but does that work for Zach, though, is the question. Because he's, what, 25 right now? Yeah. So 25 years old, you're kind of in your prime. I consider prime basketball years between 25 and, like, 30. 29 depending yeah. on the guy no doubt if you're a prime if you're a basketball player in your prime like Zach Levine is are you okay waiting that out or do you request to be traded to a team that shows some promise because I think the Bulls just like the Knicks depending on who you ask and depending on how you value certain things within the sport of basketball the Bulls may have more work to do than the Knicks do per se and I if I were a guy like of Zach Levine's talent I don't want to waste my good years while you guys try to figure it out. Like, well, that's not my problem. <laughs> like, you know what's interesting, though? Last year, the Bulls – Zach wanted to leave last year because the Bulls were having problems, right? It was a coaching problem. I'm not sure what the what – everybody, every, yeah. everybody wanted to leave Jim Boylan. That, yeah. that, I, I don't even want to – I don't like saying his name, you know. He's, he's like <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if that situation has exactly changed. So I don't know what his mindset is right now, but that might have left. Now, at the same time, I do feel like the Knicks, some of the Knicks pieces, just because of the market we're in, you know, when somebody does a, a little bit well, it just blows up. Case yeah, in yeah, point, yeah. 
um, Emmanuel quickly on the back page, <laughs> <laughs> and the Nets a little bit of corner when he had when he scored on the point by point. Somebody care, right? That's that's the, that's what it seemed like. That's the perception. That was the perception moment. So, I I, w- I will say this like. Um, because of our market and because of the 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 the, the uh, allure of New York, I do feel like guys like Kenny Payne and and Tom Thibodeau they might attract players, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure how much of that is going to affect Sacramento at this point. Considering I feel like they're on the edge, right? They're, like they're kind of in the same situation we are at, where they're cheating around 500, and they could go either way depending on the situation. Yeah, I, you nailed it. You know, the, last year, everybody wanted to leave. This year, new front office, new coach, Billy Donovan, a guy who's won national championships at Florida, you know, had success as a coach in the league with Oklahoma City. Uh, he's playing the best basketball of his career. The You know, the Bulls are in the playoff hunt. I think everything that he was unhappy about last year, he is now happy about. That doesn't mean he's satisfied. It doesn't right. mean he doesn't want more. But for him, like, if you're a Zach Levine and you're going to request a trade, it's not to do, you know, some lateral move. And I think he would look at New York as a lateral move because it's not even, like, about the market, right? Because Chicago is one of the biggest markets in the league. It's not like he's playing uh, for, you know, Minnesota or Cleveland. He's, you know, he's playing for one of the, you know, three biggest markets in the the league. Um, And then, you know, it's the same kind of situation. Great coach, new front office. To me, if he's if he's trying to leave, you know, he's going to go to a Denver, uh, you know, some of the one of those teams that's on the edge. They just need that person to put them over the edge. So to me, that's not New York. Um, and can I see that happening? If the price is right, sure. Because like I said, he's not the level of player that you just say he's untradeable, right? He's right. a guy. He, he hasn't been to the playoffs. Same yet. like Julius Randle's. Same like thing, same right? Yeah. So, but you also don't want to just give him away and give up on him because he's a guy who's averaging nearly thirty points a game on you know fifty, forty, ninety shooting. So, to me, I think they're going to put pieces around him. If some team comes in, blows him away with you know the the Bradley Beal package, maybe. Um, but I, I think they're going to try to build with him. I think you know that's why like the Lonzo rumors are, are coming around because I think they're going to try to put. And, and Lonzo rumors to New York too, right? It's the same thing. They want that connector. Like these mm-hmm. two teams, they're, they're they're so similar. They're so in sync right now. So I think they want to put the pieces to see if, hey, can this guy be a playoff guy? And what happens when he gets in the playoffs? So that's what I think, you know, personally. I, I don't know. The, the new front office, very tight lip. Nobody really has a read on him. Um, it seems like Woj is the only guy who – has like accurate reporting right, right, for sure. <laughs> you know the, the last bulls regime it was uh you know a lot of the beat guys had really good info and now it's like nothing so right. you know I, I don't know if the lonzo rumors are true i don't know if yeah, you know what's really up it's, it, yeah it'll, it'll happen when it happens Woj bomb style but i think you know i think they're going to try to build around zach at, at least going into the off season and and uh if they do trade him you know they'll trade him at the deadline next year before they have to you know throw the bag at him yeah, and same for Julius Randle. We exact same situation. All right. Now salute to the chat, man. We got some super chats that just came in. All right. So shout out to Stevens B. Stevens B. Gullamy. He says Bulls have a new front office, new coach. They're better off starting from scratch. I agree that the Knicks are better in position than the Bulls in terms of young court and salary cap. Yes. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Alan Berman. Who says salute. Thought Dizzy Gang Randall was a thing of the past. But do clearly had some PTSD at the end of the game, coughing up, coughing that up. Wish he just muscled Laurie instead of the finesse the tank. I feel you on that, man. I feel you. And speaking of the game, listen, man. How do you feel Obi did? 
Yeah, OB OB is another guy who is on Tom Thibodeau's um, list right now. His, his minutes are shrinking. He, he seemed to have said it at him a little bit. Uh, quickly took him out in the fourth quarter for Julius Randle when he felt like things were going was going awry. So obviously, Tom Thibodeau he just trusts his veterans more. Matter even if the veterans are trust are playing bad, he trusts them more than rookies playing bad, and that's evident in this game. And that's what we're seeing. But um, listen, the Knicks. The Knicks lose. Knicks lose to the Bulls. Shout out to the guys listening. 110-102, Knicks lose to the Bulls. On the game of the back-to-back, the Bulls have had the fifth best three-point shooting percentage in the NBA. So, you know, we struggled on these teams that can shoot well, and today was no different. The defense, right, was lackadaisical for the first three quarters. Um, We only led shortly in that first quarter by two points, and it was all bulls from then. Lori Marketing was getting his points in every which way, backcourt cuts, slow transition threes, and taking Julius to school. Even, and he cooled down at the end because of the Knicks defense, but a lot of the damage had to do with Lori Marketing, and Zach Levine at the end brought those guys home. Uh, and it was all true. We saw old Julius Randle today, too. We saw Julius Randle, like somebody just said, no hand to Randall's came back. The spin cycle came. <laughs> Turnover at the end. I was throwing stuff at the screen. I was like, yeah. this is Julius Randall. I thought we left this guy last year in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I think also it's it's interesting to see what's happening with Randall and, and Obi. I I don't know what Tibbs' plan with Obi is. That's another guy I'm confused on what the plan is because I don't know how he can develop. You know, the, the conversation we've been all having is, you know, you can keep Randall while you're developing Obi and then from there make a decision if it's necessary to keep them both mm-hmm. or if Obi has it in him enough to go ahead and kind of handle the weight that's going to be put on his shoulders once he's that guy. So I don't know, though, how you can make that assessment if he's that guy, if he doesn't get the opportunity to grow into that guy. I just feel like Tibbs is kind of limiting and hindering his development because he's relying so relying so heavily on Randall, which, you know, I can understand relying heavily on him. He's the vet. He, he you know, he's been there before. He, you know, you know what you're, you're going to get from him. Obi, you know, the jury's still out. But how is he supposed to grow? And not get lost in the sauce, if you will, if he doesn't have any direction or opportunity to develop. I don't understand how that's supposed to happen. Yeah. It's supposed to happen on a thin air, like in practice. Like when is it supposed to transpire? Well, I'll give you a, a little bull's perspective on this because, you know, obviously you're right. You you want to play minutes, right? If you want to see development, the only way to actually see if you're developing is to be on the court playing minutes. But I think this is where Taj is going to be really important for this team. Uh, Taj is a guy who – watched this situation play out in Chicago. Jimmy Butler averaged two points a game his rookie year. He was getting, you know, basically no time. Mm-hmm. He, But he had little moments throughout the year that you looked at and you went, okay, he's going to be a player. Um, now, I think Obi is going to have, you know, get more minutes than Jimmy Butler did as a rookie. Jimmy Butler was a 30th pick. Nobody knew he was going to yeah, be a guy who was a lot of for Obi to the NBA for the top 10, for sure. Yeah, but – Nobody expected Julius Randle to be playing like this. And, I mean, honestly, you can't play Obi and Julius Randle at the same time. You know, and this is one of the concerns with, with Obi coming into the draft was that he's not going to be able to really play the five because he, he can't guard. Um, you know, he might be able to block some shots at the rim, but, you know, he can't move on the perimeter. He can't do all these things. So you can't really play them together. So if Julius Randle 
is playing the way that he is so consistently, it's going to be hard to get Obi minutes. And, you know, there was some talk at the beginning of the year, well, maybe we could put him at the three, like wipe that out. That That's not happening. He's not a three. He's a strictly, he's a power forward. Um, so it right now the roster construction doesn't really lend him to be able to kind of play on at the same time with Julius. And if he could just be mentally tough enough and, and deal with it, and that's why, again, I think Taj has is, is got to be in his ear saying, look, yeah. Jim, Jimmy Butler had Luol Deng in front of him. You know, he had Rip Hamilton in front of him. Just play through it. Grind through it. You know, it's it's a long season. You're going to get your opportunities. A lot of games to be played next yeah. year. You yeah. know, like that's what he's got to do. If he could yeah. do that, yeah. then, you know, it, it's, it's not necessarily the worst thing for him to be brought along slowly, even though he is a top ten pick. Exactly. Um, so exactly. it's, it's all about his mentality. And, look, if you look at every picture taken Obi Top and that dude's smiling ear to ear, you could see it through, under his mask. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He, yesterday he was. Yesterday he, he was not happy. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you don't know, Corey, but you know yeah. our guards haven't exactly passing the ball consistently. Even yeah. though, although I will say today there was more concerted effort to give him the ball in the post, and I do feel like they were looking for him for lobs in the yeah. nine minutes he did play. Right, yeah. but still, it was still only nine minutes. Well, well that's <laughs> the other thing too. The, the Knicks big man, Nerlens Noel and Mitch, like. Theoretically, they do fit with Obi because Obi could stretch the floor a little bit. But yeah, if you're shot, if you're yeah. only yeah. using him to stretch the floor, you're also not really allowing him to thrive because he is that that threat as a, a role man, you know, uh, bringing gravity to the rim. And especially with IQ and his float game, and especially with a team like the Bulls, they play drop coverage. Like, you know, you put a uh, IQ and and Obi in a pick and roll, it's tough to guard because you're either giving up the floater or you're giving up the dunk. So he can't really do that with Mitch or Nerlens Noel because they're not spacing the floor. So, you know, th- that situation, if the Knicks could get another guy who could stretch the floor, it might help them too. I think yeah. also, I mean, I, I agree with that too, and I, and I don't have an issue with that, but I think it's different maybe when you're a younger rookie, and I put younger in quotations because Obi's not old. He's like 22, 23 years old. But I think when you're in your – you're 22, 23, you expect that you're going to play them more because they've been doing it longer. It's not like you're taking someone who was a one and done. He's been through all years of college. So, like, you would expect to have him and be able to implement him in some aspects and be able to do it consistently. Maybe not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, play him 40 minutes a game. I'm saying you should be able to play him at least 10 minutes a game Maybe 15 minutes yeah, I agree. out the game. I don't understand why he's getting no, hardly any playing time when it's somebody who has the experience to a degree of playing for a long period of time. You know, yeah, what I mean? well, that was so, the selling point. He was going to be ready to come in and contribute. Yeah, he was supposed yeah, to be NBA be ready. That was the yeah. whole like selling point of Obi. So if that's the case, if he is, if that's why you drafted him, if that was one of you know the checks on his list. Then where is the same energy now that you yeah. actually have him? What are we What are we well, doing? Well, maybe he's not as ready as we as we thought, and that's that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because we can still buy him some time. It's, it's not like an Alfred Payton IQ situation, right? Where it's clear, it's absolutely clear. Even though Alfred Payton is the star, is the veteran, IQ is obviously the guy because you saw IQ got thirty minutes today compared to Alfred Payton's seventeen. So it's a whole different. Uh, a dynamic for those guys. And, and you can even see how slowly Tom brought IQ along. 
even seeing with his own eyes. Which was annoying. <laughs> Which was annoying. <laughs> but it happened. We hear we're twenty one games a year in and it happened. And but for these young guys to really um get these minutes, they're gonna have to punch people in the mouth. That's point blank period. But so how is he supposed to, to punch somebody in the mouth if he can never play? If he doesn't get the ball in his hand, if nobody passes him the ball, if there are no plays to utilize his strengths and what he can do right now. I understand that he has right. areas in his game that he needs to go ahead and not only get better at, but he needs to add. I'm not saying he has all the tricks in his bag. He has to add tricks and he has to perfect tricks. Nah, but how can you go ahead and fight for your right to play, if you will, if you really never get the opportunity to showcase, are you supposed to do yeah. it in practice? Is that the only time you have in scrimmages? Is that the only time you have to showcase what you can contribute to the team? I just don't understand how he's supposed to work the system when the system's working him. He has to get. He has to do the most he can do in those limited minutes he has. Just to show it in practice, he has to. He has to stay late in practice, and when he gets in the games, he has to capitalize on his opportunities. He has to block shots. He has. He has to rotate well. He has to make make his shots and make the correct decisions consistently um, for him to put him in, a, in the lineup. And it's going to be hard for Tom Thibodeau, like I said. It's going to be harder because, listen, these vets, they get the luxury of, be, of being able to miss shots and still play hard and and still get playing time, Just, even yeah. though they're missing shots. Your name's got to be Alfred Payton. That's the only way it works, yeah. but apparently. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the young guys, for me, it seems like you have to make shots and you have to play the correct. Because right now, when I, I saw Austin Rivers today, right, all, there was a play when Austin Rivers, he, he played like, okay, IQ, towards the end of the fourth quarter, IQ was doing his heat check thing. IQ threw up a, 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 a shot 30 feet behind the, the three-point. Right? Uh, Austin Rivers is in the corner pissed. He was so pissed, he decided not to play real defense on the other end of the court. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bulls ended up scoring. Tom calls timeout, and he's pissed. And I'm sitting there looking at this like, this is exactly why I say when Austin Rivers is not going well, you know, to, to, to take him out of the game. Because I know why he didn't play well. He, he didn't do that. He, he did that because he was pissed that he didn't get the ball. But instead of Tom taking him out the game, like he probably would have took a rookie out the game at that moment, he calls timeout. He puts him back in. The very next play... IQ passes the ball, he chucks up a three. 
<laughs> between the ladies, chucks up a three, in a by three, and then the 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 the, uh, the lead snowballs on the other side. So it's like Tom gives grace to these guys because I guess in his mind they earned it, you know. In his mind they earned it, but I do feel he it, it sucks. It Alfred sucks. Alfred earned it. Because they because they earned it within their career, not necessarily with the Knicks. Oh, okay. With but within their career, right? The, he feels like they earned it because they were vet and they've been here year after year. And even though they're not earning it on the floor today, I just feel like he just gives them a lot more leeway, and it sucks. And and I do like what Tom has done with this team because we're still playing a lot better. But I really wish another coach would give this year, Mike Woodson, Tim Payne. Johnny Bryan. And I mean, Mike's right there. He's right there. Right. And you know, he's yeah. right there, right there. Like, yeah. don't exactly. have to go far. Does he have to go far? And, and, and about Obi, too. When you're talking about Obi, you also have to remember, like, Obi was redshirted his first year when he was at Dayton. It didn't, it didn't really play that well the next year. And then the year after that, he he, he, he learned from himself. He, he, he got beat up. After his redshirt year, he got beat up. And the following year, he 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 led his team. They only lost what three years, three games that year when he was with yeah. Dayton. So even though even though Obi is struggling at this point and it sucks, it can still turn around for this kid because I do feel like Obi has that thing that RJ has that like I'm not quitting and he's yeah, yeah. because of that I'm not quitting attitude because he look he got he got drafted top ten from Dayton like he. Not a big, you know, not a big place, Dayton. So I do feel like he's going Home to take Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, he's going to take that. He's taking these L's to heart. He's going to take it to heart. And even if he doesn't get it together this year or the end of this year, I do feel like eventually he's going to turn around. He's going to games. He's going to hit his jumpers. He's going to hit his post post up. I did like the post up we got today. I feel like he's. I feel like he'll be fine. I do feel like he'll be fine. But he's going to have to take it from Tom because Tom is a little bit stubborn, and, and, and that's all I have to say about. Right. Salute to Knicks Nations. I'm seeing. I think I saw a super chat. I, I don't have. There was like three that came in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Open says I need you, JLS, do the young Simba theme. <laughs> the extended version. I don't. Love, okay, I love Lion King, but I do not know the whole. I know it. Song. I think it goes. No, actually, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, isn't it like, uh, I don't know. That's all I know. <laughs> that's all I know, Ash. That's what I'm <laughs> He wants me to do the whole song. I don't know the extended. Can you drop the lyrics? I don't know the extended. Real quick. Broadway long. I don't know. But shout out to Young Zimba. <laughs> shout out to you, Young Zimba. That's what you do. I don't even know if you're in the chat, but I just want me to do that. All right? Also, shout out to Ronald Hansley Jr. He says Tibbs has as much faith in Peyton, faith in Peyton as Jay Ellis has in Frank Injerina. <laughs> if Tibbs has the same faith in IQ, then we wouldn't have to always dig ourselves up out of the hole. Give IQ the keys. Yo, IQ got three minutes today, man. Alfred Peyton got um, he Alfred Peyton started, but he got backup minutes today. All right, the change is coming. The change is coming. I wonder what's going to happen during this free agency period when we can make trades. If they're actually going to look for another guard to put, maybe play back up to IQ, who knows? Somebody can shoot. That would be nice. I would like that. All right. We also have Paul Robinson. He says defense was bad until the fourth, but that's rare. Our trash shooting has been consistent. 
all these trash teams got shooters, but we only got two. Sign a random shooter, and our record improves a lot. Yeah. But who's I, there to sign is the question. Yeah, our shooters haven't been hitting, man. Our shooters not, have not been hitting. That's, that's been a big problem. Austin Rivers, Alex Burks, uh, Bullock, none of these guys was giving us any help. And that, listen, we were in this game playing badly. <laughs> we were in this game playing really badly. If we have one guy who can shoot, we would have won this game. And also, it didn't help that R.J. Barrett got into foul trouble, and he's been the guy that's been consistent for us um, uh, throughout this 10-game stretch. So him sitting out a, a, a lump of that second quarter uh, didn't help. It didn't help at all, all right? You know what? Let me get to some of these questions, too, because there's a bunch of questions. That she... Question number one, did Tibbs get out coached? Corey? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Tibbs shot himself in the foot at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Knicks were – it seemed like they had a little bit of momentum. I thought the lineup he had out there, uh, he probably should have went to the vets a little bit more because I think that they needed somebody, you know, a team uh, – guys on the floor that could keep pushing, keep coming at the Bulls, especially because I think the Bulls didn't have Kobe, Zach, um, or Laurie on the floor. And, you know, that was the time for the Knicks to really come and take the game. Um, so I, I think, you know, at, at the beginning – and that's not really – out coaching because I don't know why Billy Donovan went with all three of those dudes um, not on the floor at one time either. So I don't know if either coach out coached one uh, one another. I think it was even in that regard. It just came down, you know, both hit shots. The you know the Knicks didn't. And uh, look, the, the, we're back Wednesday, same deal. So it could flip like that. Right. All right. Cool. Question. Next question. Um, are you encouraged by Quickly's growth on ball as I am? He's a low turnover player. And on that end, he can shoot the line from a three. He's already got 3.5 assists and a low turnover, assist-to-turnover ratio. Yeah, I'm very happy with quickly on ball. We didn't really expect him to be a, the point guard that he is. He's supposed to be just a guy who can shoot, right? But um, I know some people feel like he doesn't pass the ball enough. I don't – and that case could be made. I see Ashley's face going, man. Mm-hmm. He he does heat check a lot, but I will say this. I do feel like Tom Thibodeau encourages his guards to um, to shoot more and to drive more. So I, don't, I think that's less about quickly being willing to pass and more about the coach trying to take advantage of his strengths. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like today, like you saw today, he was more of a facilitator today than he was yesterday, right? Because he was playing with the first unit. Uh, and how much? I think he had like eight assists today, right? He finished with seven assists today. So I think today he, he made a more concerted effort to pass the ball. And when his role changes depending on his lineup, I feel like he'll be more willing to do that on a more consistent basis. You know? I, I mean, I actually don't have an issue with him not passing. I think if we had a team full of shooters and he's out there heat checking and chucking up 30 footers every time he has the ball in his hand, then yeah, it'd be an issue. But we don't have the shooters, and when he shoots, he usually yeah. hits. So I don't have a problem. What's the issue? Yeah, I mean, technically, your point guard is supposed to facilitate the game, he's supposed to go ahead and you know control the momentum of the game and things like that. And that's a criticism that people have of Kyrie Irving that he takes way too many shots. You know what I mean? But this is not the net. You know, we don't have those kind of shooters. We don't have those kind of scorers. So. Right now, if you have the hot hand and if you're when you shoot, it hits and it goes swish, I'm all good. You don't need to pass the rock. You're going to pass it to who? 
Who right. else is like who else is who else is gonna take the shots that he takes and consistently make them? So I mean, he just needs to like continue what he's doing, and then if the if our team changes and now you have somebody else who you can consistently rely on to take those shots, then you gotta kind of start you know preaching and teaching about you know passing the ball out and facilitating the game more and doing things like that. But right now we are not there. So IQ, keep on shooting, my guy. Keep yeah, making rain every yeah, time keep on shooting. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Sorry. I said, oh, well, we already going to with this one. If Peyton is in for our defense and he's not the best player, the best player guard on the team, on the other on the other team, I think, okay, I think I'm trying to see what he's saying. He should be benched, and Frank needs the minutes and let quickly start. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> You're preaching to the choir, man. Start quickly and let Frank play the defense. He's a better shot on um, um, you know, shooting those long balls than anybody else. Or at least let Frank share the minutes with Alfred Payton at some point. If, if you're not just going to bench him completely, because that's going to be kind of debilitating for a bit, right? Just to see what he has. Because it's, it's not working all the time. You know what I, mean? I think I think Frank did something to Tibbs. I don't know what it is. He yeah, has man. Yo, you were right, Ashley. I must say, the conspiracy theory was, was, was dead on. Is it, it a was. conspiracy it theory, was. though? It is was. it? It is was. it a conspiracy theory, or yeah. is it like a high possibility, probability, factual facts? No, nah, it was a factual fact. I'm not going to lie. If you missed the show last time, Ashley pretty much was like, uh, you call, she called Cap. She called Cap on time. Cap. Cap. <laughs> she, she called Cap because Tom, Tom said that Frank was injured, and that's why he wasn't playing in the game. But if you look at the uh, you know the lineups, it says DNP, coach's decision. It doesn't say <laughs> so, so leave yeah. that there. We gonna leave that. Discuss. There. We gonna leave that there. Man. Discuss that. that. I just think you know, going back, you know, because Corey wasn't here. I just think that Tibbs doesn't have a place for him, and that's and you know what? That's fine. No one's. I'm not going to you know diss him for that. But I'm a firm believer. Then set him free. Like, what are you holding him for? What are you holding a roster space for? What are you paying him for if you have no intention on utilizing him? I mean, you're basically leaving him on the bench to die, and that's whack. Like, either let him go to the G League, and maybe you need to see with your own eyes what he's capable of right this moment in time, or if you don't care what he's capable of at this moment in time, which is fine, I wouldn't understand it, but it's fine, set him free. Let him develop, let him grow, let him play someplace else. Like, you got to make a decision. We're four years in. We got to figure it out. We got to figure it out. I'm not yeah. trying to have this conversation next year. It's ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right. So, shout out to everybody watching Nick's Fan TV. Thanks for bearing with us and bearing with the audience. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, rocking with your fellow Knicks fans. Uh, yo, Ash, Core, before we wrap up, tell me your takeaways from this game, man. Any lasting words and takeaways that you, that you want to take from this game, something that lasts, lasts, uh, left a lasting impression? Uh, look, I think it's two evenly uh, matched teams, uh, and I think that their games are going to be competitive. I think that both coaches are excellent coaches, in, in, you know, top tier. They're, they're going to come look at the game film and come with a, you know, a, a strategy to kind of – you know, fix the the things that went wrong in this game um, on both sides, and but I, I think that both teams, uh, you know, at least from the Bulls' perspective, they they played their game. You know, I, I think that the Knicks tried playing their game; they just weren't hitting shots. Um, 
And like I said, it's they're, they're both teams that are going to be inconsistent. They're young, learning how to win. So you're going to deal with nights like this. Awesome. Ash? I think, you know, agreeing with all those points, I think, you know, the, the Bulls didn't do anything spectacular. I think this was something that the Knicks could have easily won. Um, I think that we got in our own way a lot of this game. I don't think, you know, the Bulls did anything to us to make it hard for us. We made it hard for ourselves. And that was the most unfortunate part about this entire game. You know, obviously the things with Tibbs and and the the rotations and things like that are in the conversation as well. But I just want to see Wednesday night for us to just go out and just get out of our own way. Like, that's it's as simple as that. Like, do what you know how to do. Play defense. The defense was Swiss cheese, like I said earlier in the show. It was so inconsistent. Obviously, you run the risk of sometimes, because we don't have the shooters, your offense isn't always going to click. Your defense always travels. That is your best offense. And a team against the Bulls, like the Bulls, who, you know, are struggling in their own identity and struggling in their own way that they play the game, it shouldn't be this difficult. It shouldn't be difficult to get a dub on them. And we just made it more difficult than it had to be. So Wednesday... I want to see them snap out of whatever they had going on with them today and just go out there and play basketball. Like, stop making it so hard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. It was a back-to-back, so I will say this. Um, usually it's really hard to win on these back-to-back games, man, especially with Tibbs. He, he likes to play min- uh, the players' big minutes, and we have a couple of guys out of rotation, so he did it again. But my takeaways for this game is, like everybody else, the defense is atrocious. I feel like these guys were pretty much – Scoring on secondary fast breaks off of missed baskets. When you when you have teams scoring off of missed baskets and not turnovers, to me, that's a, that's a sign of laziness. It's a sign of tired legs. It's a sign of they're not they didn't have the fighting spirit. They just didn't want it. And I've seen that happen numerous times through that whole night. And the Knicks shot themselves in the foot when they didn't put it their hundred percent on their all on that side of the ball. Also, a lot of back cuts were missed. Also, I felt like we weren't talking well on the defensive end at all. A lot of looking, a lot of, is that your man not really saying anything? The only person I really <laughs> saw doing anything defensively in this game to me was, was Nerlens Noel, who had like a feast of famine defensive game as well, you know? Because <laughs> Nerlens Noel had five blocks today. He was an animal poking the ball from behind, but he also had some um, yeah. defensive lapses as well. And that's why Mitch, Mitch Robinson ended up on, on the bench for most of the time, you know what I'm saying? But the defense definitely needs to pick up. But the second thing I have to notice is the changing of the guard is, is happening. We're seeing it happen before our eyes. Emmanuel quickly is taking over, all right? So the league better get ready. The Florida was game was going a little bit today. He, wasn't, he, he, didn't go, he didn't have the monster game, but you can see it's coming. You can see the results of him being on the floor. We made a push. And you know what, and Clyde said something interesting about him, like, before the game started. He said he actually likes him coming off the bench because he likes what he gives to that second unit. And I never really, I mean, I looked at it like that, but I'm a firm believer, you know, I want to start off hot and finish hot. The second unit, yeah, I get it. I just think that right now that's his niche. I think right now it's beneficial because also, you know, coming off the bench and then being a starter can, you know, mind screw with you a little bit mm-hmm. but he's got to be our starter by all-star break it just it just makes sense give him yeah. the keys like I, give him the keys I, I, the, I, get that man the keys man yeah. get that man the keys 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 it's time to start that man but i do believe that he does have a little bit of a point and i, and I do like yeah, how tom staggered the minutes 
more today where he played the starting unit? Because if you do notice, he's like, it doesn't really take like a basketball science to see that when Quickly was in the game, you started to catch up, right? Did anybody just notice that? Or was it just I like, did, yeah. Okay. You noticed it. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I peeps. I peeps. <laughs> so that and three is we need threes. We need threes. We are one of the, the best defensive teams, exactly, in the league, except for tonight. But as bad as we played, if we just hit a couple of open shots, we were right in that game. We were right in that game. Only shot 20% from the three-point line as the Bulls was raining threes on our head. And if you want to win games, even though, you know, playing defense, be a top contender in this league, we're going to need three-point shooting. So hopefully we'll be able to, to, to address that um, during this trade period or at least in the offseason. And, yeah, we should be good to go for sure, for sure. All right. All right, man. All right. That was our show. We made it. We made it. We made it. We made it. <laughs> Hard work. Yeah, pays man. off. Hard work oh, pays off. Oh, man. We Ooh. made it. <laughs> to figure, thank, thank you guys because I was trying to fit it with the sound as you guys were talking to figure out what was working. It was. So thank you guys <laughs> for doing your thing. All right. Uh, you know, Ash, can you tell me where to find you? Man? Let our guest go first. Corey, plug yourself. You're so uh, rude. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Hardwood Herald. Uh, YouTube, Hardwood Herald, same thing. You know, you know, I'm the draft guy, so you want to, yeah. you want those draft breakdowns and start pumping them out. And I got some other cool stuff planned. Gonna come out the second issue of the magazine, so you know, we're doing it. Yeah, definitely cop the magazine. This YouTube channel is, is pretty nice. I'm surprised that the, the, the I'm surprised the subscriber count isn't that high yet. But definitely get on it before everybody else does, right? So it's like GameStop. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's on the rise. Hold. It's, it's on the rise. <laughs> what, what did you say that? No, Doggy coin or whatever that. Is. Yo, did you guys listen to <laughs> oh, that? Let's that? Go. Oh, well, you don't have Clubhouse JL, so I know you weren't there. Corey, you have an iPhone? Yeah. Were you on that chat room, um, Clubhouse with Elon, Elon Musk? No. Oh man, he was giving the, I missed it. He was giving the CEO of Robinhood the business, like schooling. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes for this man. energy I'm That's here it. for. I'm this was it, worth man. staying up till two a.m. I'm exactly. with it for the little people, man. Stick it to the man, <laughs> up the punks, all of it, all of that, man. I'm here for it. All it right. was great. <laughs> All right, guys, as normal, as usual, you can follow me at Ash Nicole Moss on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you follow my YouTube channel, All In with Ash Nicole. Thank you guys so much for rocking with us. I know it was a little chaotic, but we'll be better on Wednesday, I promise. Also, (laughs) also, just a heads up, um, we did have a bunch of cool interviews scheduled this week, Victor Cruz, and one that was not announced yet. We're going to go ahead and have to reschedule those until CP gets back. Right. So um, I'm sorry about that, but it will definitely be worth the wait once we go ahead and get that going. So make sure you guys tune in to the channel. Check out all the socials for the updated um, date for that. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right. Thank you, Ash. Good job today, as usual. All right. <laughs> so you know what? I'm let you know. Uh, shout out to everybody watching. Um, you can definitely find the Nicka Time Show on YouTube.com slash Nicka Time Show. All right, and you can also follow me on all social media on the KOT Show on Twitter, the Nick Time Show on Instagram, and Nick Time Show on Facebook. Also, check out the blog. 
on the Make It Time Show. The Cops and Merch is there as well, all right? And we're also on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher if you want to listen to any KOT content that you can't see you just want to hear, all right? Oh, uh, wait, JL, before you close out, mm-hmm. everyone's asking, is CP okay? He's fine. Yeah. Um, just has some stuff that he has to take care of, but he is okay. Yeah. I don't want anyone. Yeah, I know it's a crazy okay. time right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. okay. He's yeah. fine. Exactly. I spoke to him, like not yeah. that long. He's fine. So he's, just want to he's that cool. Out. Yeah, he just has to handle. He just has to handle some business. And usually, I like to test before I do live streams, but everything happens so fast. I need a chance to test. But we tested live on air, so tomorrow, so the next one we gonna be good to go. All right. Yeah, CP's on load management. We carrying the weight. He's on load management. <laughs> All right, man. All right, that is our show. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.